The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, a new service that could help up to 220,000 adults who've difficulties with decision-making capacity is being launched under the Assisted Decision-Making Capacity Act of 2015, which will commence later this morning. The new agency is called the Decision Support Service, or DSS for short, and it's intended to be of use to all adults who may require assistance now or in the future with making choices about personal welfare, property or other affairs. Well, I'm joined now by the director of the Decision Support Service, Anya Flynn. Anya, good morning and welcome. Good morning, thank you. Now, in the past, people used things like ward of courtship mm. uh, to try and sort out people's affairs who could not make decisions, uh, people who had mental incapacity brought about by illness or stroke or whatever it might be. Uh, and they also uh, used enduring power of attorney. Mm. Can you explain what's changed? Those are the two principal mechanisms, the only mechanisms, in fact, to support decision making currently. Uh, so there are changes. An important change is that that wards of court system, which is still administered uh, under the Lunacy Regulation Act of 1871, is effectively being phased out. And that's often been described as a blunt instrument approach. People were taken into wardship. The court took over their decision making role, often because there was some significant piece of decision making. Yeah. But un- the unfortunate effect of wardship is that you no longer are in control of uh, unrelated and even quite minor decisions. And we have had since 1996 that important tool for planning ahead, the enduring power of attorney. That still exists. If people have a 1996 EPA, that's still a valid document. But there's a revised model under this Act involving a degree of supervision of the attorney. Now, you said the ward of court system is being phased out. Mm -hmm. That means what? That the existing wards of court remain wards of court or do they transfer? They do. They will be discharged from wardship and possibly given their their property and their full autonomy back. There are about 2,200 adult wards of court, the biggest single category being older adults with one form of dementia or another. Those cases will be reviewed by the wardship court. Uh, That's being managed by the Office of Wards of Court and more information is available from them. And where appropriate, uh, some of those people will move over to the new framework of supports, which is supervised by us in the Decision Support Service. Now, in what circumstances might they not move over? Uh, that could be if the finding of the wardship court is that in fact their capacity is fine because capacity under this Act is determined in a time-specific and issue-specific way. So it may be that the decisions which they needed wardship support for uh, no longer require, or no longer apply uh, and that all of their other decision-makings are decisions that they should be free to take autonomously themselves. So it just lapses? Um, where appropriate, but it may be that a number, perhaps the majority of those wards, because they shouldn't be in wardship if they don't have significant needs, uh, will move over to the framework which applies under this new Act. And that's a three-tier, more nuanced framework of supports appropriate to people's needs. What are those three tiers? Thank you, yeah. So the lowest tier is the decision-making assistant, quite light touch. This is somebody whom you know and trust who's going to help you in respect of particular decisions by gathering up information, explaining it to you, helping you to communicate what you want to do, still your decision. You don't need an assessment of capacity to enter into one of these arrangements. Okay, and and is that supervised? I mean, do you have to log that with the DSS? Oh, yes, you can notify that. You will be notifying that to the DSS, which could be important because people in the bank or the solicitor's office or wherever might want to know that you have one. At the middle tier, there's more involved. You can register with us a co-decision-making agreement. Again, this is somebody that you know and trust who's going to take specified decisions with you jointly and then under our supervision. And we would be 
supporting the supporter in that uh, we don't intend to police people as such, but rather help them do the best job that they can to ensure that these decisions get made in a way which respects the person's will and preferences. That's a really important now phrase under this Act. W- again, it's registered with the DSS that, that this arrangement, arrangement is, 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 is. Yeah. Yeah, so there is a, a certain safeguarding and supervisory aspect to this. Yeah. At the top tier, there is still a route to court, very much as a last resort. The court has to apply the guiding principles which attach under this Act. Um, and at the heart of that is respect for a person's will and preferences. So the starting point isn't, well, what's in a person's best interests, but rather, what do they want? Can that be achieved? All of that very much aligned to the language of the United Nations Convention on the mm. Rights of Persons with okay, Disabilities. Okay, so, so we have, first of all, this uh, rather informal decision-making mm-hmm. Uh, assistant. assistant. Then we have the co-decision maker yes. where someone who is trusted uh, makes decisions jointly with yes. the person. It could be about uh, selling the house. It could be about uh, do we buy a new car? Exactly whatever it those might sort be. of decisions those around kind of property and affairs and personal welfare, both quite broadly drawn. And then the uh, top tier, if you like, the mm. decision making representative. Yes. Now, how is that representative appointed? If someone's capacity is so limited, they cannot make a decision. That is a court uh, arrangement. So the application is made to court. In fact, it could be made by the person themselves, but it can be made by any person with a bona fide interest in the person's welfare. Uh, so the court has to look at um, all of the, the complexity that might attach to that, think about the person's capacity and also think about what the person wants, their will and preferences and appointing somebody ideally close to them, uh, somebody that they know and trust who will step into this important role, making decisions on their behalf. Um, if there isn't anybody available, suitable or willing to step into that, role, then they can come to us um, because we in the DSS have a panel of decision-making representatives, professional people who will be available to assume those responsibilities under our supervision. Yeah. And what about the costs of uh, such a, an arrangement? Well, um, the court uh, arrangement is a matter for the court service. Uh, there will be a scheme of legal aid available so that the person, the relevant person as they're called here, will have access to representation and that's um, an expansion of the current legal aid scheme. And there is legal aid available also to to families who might need to bring these applications and the Legal Aid Board would have more information. Mm. Um, again, But if you do appoint mm, one of your representatives uh, f- to help with the decision making, what is the charge for that? Well, we were able to secure an amendment to the Act, which means that if the person has no assets, then they're not paying for that. So that professional person, if they're entitled to remuneration, that's remuneration which is administered by us in the DSS. It may be that this is somebody of significant means, but even if the decision making representative is entitled to remuneration from the person's assets, then with new regulations, uh, and this all links back to the amendments to the Act, that will be subject to, to thresholds yeah. and upper limits. It's uh, not to maybe criticise the legal profession too much, but we know that when the legal profession go into court on personal injuries cases, often the fees are larger than the settlement. Mm. So they get the fees, which is 20 grand, and the plaintiff gets 10 something I'm aware of. I'm a solicitor uh, by background. Yeah. So um, I think legal costs shouldn't uh, become a barrier here. And I think um, the uh, officials who have ushered in this new legislation, and I'm aware the judiciary also are keen to keep an eye on costs not becoming a barrier here or escalating out of control. That's going to be really important. Overall, this is an act which has the person at its heart. Uh, and I think it's very important that in all that we do, that that remains the central concern. Yeah. Now, will you be in the position of vetting either the 
the decision-making assistant or the co-decision maker? There is a process of review, yes, uh, and in order to uh, register one of these agreements, remember at the DMA, that's the lowest level, the person's still making their own decisions, but they're subject to our um, complaints and investigations processes. Quite a bit is involved about registering that middle tier arrangement, a detailed process of review, character references, various statements of undertaking and so on required. Uh, And I don't want that to sound burdensome, but these are important legal arrangements, so a degree of scrutiny is required. How transparent is the whole thing? I mean, who will know uh, that these various people have been uh, appointed, either the informal Mm -hmm. uh, decision-making assistant, the co-decision maker, or your representative uh, to make decisions? Because there could be someone, a third party, who's got grave concerns. Yes, uh, they may have concerns. They may simply want to know, well, you are a co-decision maker, as far as I can tell, but what are you authorised to do? Because it isn't everything. So these arrangements are held on a searchable register. Well, that's true of the co-decision making agreement, the top tier court order, and also um, the enduring power of attorney when the attorney has started to act. So that third party, whether it's a service provider, the doctor, uh, the consultant in hospital, uh, somebody in the bank, are able to confirm with us that this really is a person who has assumed this legal role. And they can do that by checking our register. um, And there will be a legitimate interest search or bodies or classes of persons will have a way in. Okay, and finally, Mm -hmm. can uh, that third party who might have concerns about family abuse, for example, Mm. can they go to you and say, I think we need a decision maker appointed for this particular person? Uh, People should feel free to contact us about all of the options available under the Act. But where somebody is in place and has assumed one of those supervised roles, yes, there is a complaints and investigations mechanism. And we hope and expect... No, but if none of the arrangements Mm. that we've mentioned have been put in place, but a third party, maybe not a family member... Thinks it's a good idea. Yeah, thinks, I think uh, my neighbour needs help. I I don't trust the family. They seem to be after his or her money. Mm. I'd like a third party in here. There and they could be a matter already for safeguarding and, and HSE safeguarding certainly would have a place there but I would urge if anybody thinks that here is somebody who would benefit from these formal supports or simply wants to know what is an offer to get in contact with us we have a specific role to promote awareness and understanding and provide good information about all of this And you're open for business today? Yes we are exciting uh, so Your that's website? Such, yes decisionsupportservice.ie and there you'll find a wealth of information about the Act explainer videos recorded presentations um, and an easy reader guide to the Act itself. So I hope that people find all of that useful and we welcome your calls. Anya Flynn, the Director of the new DSS. Thank you very much for joining us in studio today. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.